companies are still trying to figure out what the future of work looks like, but things have been complicated by factors like the Delta variant. So what should they do? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. The following is the second part of my conversation with Todd Nightingale, Executive Vice President and GM of Enterprise and Networking for Cisco, who discussed some of the big takeaways from their own approach to hybrid working. So for Cisco, I mean, I imagine, like you said, the, the, the move to hybrid, the move, the move to remote wasn't as big a challenge. I mean, you're a networking company. That's that's sort of what you do. I'm curious uh, when we're having this, or when you're talking to other businesses or other employees or workers that are considering their hybrid approach or their hybrid strategy going forward. Like, what 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 is the big takeaway from this? You know, the, not all these companies are as technically savvy or have the kind of networking or telepresence type uh, equipment to make this work right off the bat. So I guess what's the, what's sort of the big takeaway for folks who are figuring out what their strategy is going forward? Well, first and foremost, Cisco's here for you. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we, um, I, I think there's no one uh, who's focused more on the technology needed for hybrid work. Uh, collaboration, security, networking, monitoring technology. Um, we think about hybrid work as really the outcome and delivering the technology that matters most. But if I was... Um, thinking about this really as an organizational level, I, I think I would just get back to this idea. It's a, it's a three-pillared approach. It takes technology, best-in-class, you know, hybrid working technology and security, collaboration, networking, and monitoring. It takes, it takes a culture that embraces hybrid work, that, um, uh, that rewards uh, collaborating in spaces when it, when, when is appropriate and rewards work wherever it, uh, it, it rewards, you know, successful, productive work wherever it happens. Uh, and it takes leadership. It takes leadership to drive that kind of cultural change. And I think to lean, to continue to lean into empathy. Um, the, the thing that I think is really going to separate teams that really successfully embrace hybrid work is they find a way to continue to build and grow their culture, to build these type of relationships and this type of team camaraderie, whether or not teams are working face to face with one another every day. Uh, I have coworkers um, who are, are my peers at Cisco, who I have met now maybe three or four times, and I would I would call them one some of my best friends at this point. Um, and I'm, I'm I, it, it's always seems shocking to think of that as a reality. I almost feel like I've met some of them dozens, hundreds of times, but in fact, we've been in a room together, you know twice. And it, it takes a, it takes the right kind of culture, the right kind of leadership to make that happen. And, and I do think it's, it's three pronged, it's technology, it's, it's leadership, it's culture. And I guess the conversations you're having with other businesses or other companies and, and sort of what you see broadly, uh, where do you think the, the, the idea or the notion of hybrid work or remote work is evolving? And do you think it's evolving in the way that's similar to what you're envisioning or, or are folks maybe not going as quickly enough or going in a different direction. I'm just curious what you sort of see from just looking out at the sort of landscape of businesses, trying to figure this all out. Look, I think that is the most important question. Um, and I, I'll tell you, I'll give you my, my thoughts really uh, in the most candid way. Uh, I, I don't think one size is going to fit off, is going to fit off for every organization, certainly. Because how we serve our users, our customers, our, uh, our clients, it's different. It's going to be different for everyone. Um, and that being said, the, one of the really core constituencies we have to think about 
is, is how this all will affect every employee and, and what it will feel like uh, from a hiring um, and, and from sort of a talent um, and employee experience point of view. I mean, what employees want from a workspace and a work experience, what kind of mix they want in terms of working from the office and working from home or remotely, it's going to matter. It's going to affect uh, recruiting. It's going to affect how much of a talent magnet your organization is. So finding the right mix, the right formula for every organization, I think uh, that, that serves your employees and your teams in the best possible way, it gives them the best possible experience as a team member. At the same time, it, it serves your customers, your clients, your students, your guests. Uh, in the best possible way, finding that mix is is so important. And I, I I'm all I'm very confident. No one is going to get this perfect the first time. Um, what's What's going to really matter is as we as we start to enter back, hopefully soon in a post COVID world, as we start to enter back into a hybrid work model, that we are all prepared to be flexible to adjust our course to find that right balance for our organization. And, and that the, the culture we have, the technology we have is flexible enough to adjust as we go to find that path. No one is gonna nail it perfectly uh, day one. We have to respond to our employees, respond to our customers and our teams. That's a good point. Cause you know, the other thing that's rearing up right now is the Delta variant, right? Which I think is throwing a lot of folks for a loop. I think there was, at the beginning of the summer, I think folks were sort of ready to get back to normal, coming back to the office. There was a bit of optimism. You know, that that's obviously changed a bit. I'm curious how, like, that you factor those things in, like, not only Delta variant, but whatever the next variant is, uh, and, and how that kind of plays into your strategy for things and how, uh, how, again, like, to your point about remaining flexible, how that all kind of plays out. Yeah, look, I think it was an amazing lesson. I could tell you it, it, it weared on me even – it weared on me – from an emotional level, I was so excited to kind of get back and be able to meet with my teams a little bit and, and, and start to kind of have that type of in-person interaction. I think the Delta variant certainly threw uh, uh, a kink into those, into those plans. Um, and it was this reminder. It was this reminder that it's flexibility, it's agility that's going to matter. Our technology has to be able to send people home uh, on very short notice to, to be able to uh, transition from people who are working one day a week uh, in the office to four days a week and back and forth, that our culture needs to be flexible enough to change. And the Delta variant is, was it, I, I think a really great reminder of the fact that agility is going to be so important. We need to build flexibility into our systems and into our, into our teams. Uh, for, for me personally, I mean, it just felt so brutal to feel like we were so close <laughs> to being uh, to being back uh, in person a little bit and, and to have that pulled back. Um, but at the same time, uh, it, it is a good lesson. It's a good lesson in how important being agile is going to be. Yeah, I, I remember going out. I mean, I went to a movie theater for like the first time in a year and a half. And then I went to the office and then I was like, oh, this is there was a bit of optimism and hope, and then it all got snatched away. So I'm, I'm right there with you when it when it, it comes to an emotional gut punch of like having to revert back at this point. Um, you brought up an earlier point that uh, I want to dig into. The, the idea that you know there, there can't be a first class and second class participant, particularly when it comes to meetings, when particularly when it comes to interactions between folks in office versus 
remote. And I understand like some of the technology can kind of help you get there, but like how, I don't know if there's any more you can talk about in terms of how you ensure that there is sort of a quality. Cause I do remember, you know, pre-pandemic, I would be the one working remote, calling into the, the conference room with 15 people. And you sort of hear the inside jokes and the snickering and the laughter and the interactions in the office. And I was sort of like the outside looking in. How do we avoid that kind of dynamic, especially with more and more of those folks calling in and, and being remote as opposed to being in the conference room? I, I think that there is absolutely a technology component that can help us here. Um, truly best in class connectivity from the home or on the road is definitely going to help. Like when you're remote and your connection's a little bit sketchy, uh, if, if you have noise in the background, um, like, and, and people have just a little bit of a harder time hearing you, that type of thing, uh, it definitely provides a, a lack of parity. It's why, for example, on, on WebEx, we have noise cancellation to prevent exactly the kind of noise that was on my line earlier. It's why we have uh, translation and transcription that allow everyone to be able to, uh, to be able to participate. And I think that there's, there's, there's something special. We are working on technology that allows uh, teams to ensure that everyone participates in a meeting once before anyone participates a second time. There's opportunity for us to make people who are working at home or people who are working uh, in an office uh, through that technology, through that WebEx experience, all feel like they're on an equal footing. And you're going to see more and more of this technology coming from Cisco. Um, but I do believe best in class uh, meeting technology, including what that, that technology that is built into that office space and best in class connectivity uh, at home, those things are what are going to be able to drive this kind of parity, this kind of hybrid experience that really is fully inclusive to all. Right. Well, with that, I mean, the, 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 this reliance on video conferencing, in your case, WebEx, obviously for a lot of people, it's Zoom. For us, it's, it's Zoom in our, in our offices. Um, we've dealt with something called Zoom fatigue, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you're glad it's not known as WebEx fatigue. But I'm curious how uh, you solve for that dilemma of excess, excessive video conferencing, that, that Zoom fatigue, which is a real issue, right? Just because we are so reliant on video conferencing. Yeah. Well, I think there's something there on the culture side. I, I, you know, when we started the in the pandemic, I thought, I, I believed kind of the answer was always, always be on video. Let your team see you, be seen, feel as close to the experience as you can um, while, while you know, being kind of stuck working uh, apart. But I think what we realized is we need to be empathetic to this issue. Look, staring at a screen all day is not the same as being in an office together. And so when we have one-on-ones or even some small group meetings, we go out of our way to not have that on video. Let's let this meeting be a walking meeting. We're going to take it audio only. People can walk um, or, or take a minute during that particular session to be off of video. Um, and that's, that was a kind of a culture change. I, 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 and and it, I think it's an example of agility, right? It's like I believed deeply that being on video for every single meeting was what was right, was what was important. But actually, after a 10-hour day of being on video, if, if you can mix that up with some sessions that are, you know, just on, uh, on audio that you, have, that you set up entire days uh, for certain teams that don't have meetings, we, we're experimenting with that. That's been very successful, keeping people focused, giving people a break from Zoom fatigue. 
Um, I think there's a lot of kind of cultural uh, things that we can do to give people a break from that and make the experience overall better. There's a place for video. And uh, I, I believe, you know, we're always going to have a lot of uh, meetings like that. But there's a there's a place to move on. I used to take my some of my one on ones in person. We used to take them walking. And I think the, you know, the hybrid work, the work from home version of that is to take it audio only and walk uh, while going over, um, you know, your, your action items for the meeting. Figuring out the right way to do that, the right time to do that, having days with no meetings, having, having even half days with no meetings. There's a right mix, a new type of hybrid work culture, I think, that's going to evolve that, um, you know, prevents that kind of fatigue. That wraps up our chat. I want to thank Todd Nightingale, EVP of Cisco, for his time. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash dailycharge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.